existence In existence, join the resistance Come on, let's start by talking tactics Have a pass and match this Here's how we practice Everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. And this is Patrick Riccardi. And this week... We're doing Gary Shandling Memorial Tribute. It's Gary Shandling Show versus Larry Sanders Show. Yeah, it's... Uh, I didn't know, for some reason, uh, it's Gary Shandling Show started in 86. So, it preceded Seinfeld. Um... So it was really kind of one of the first shows that was, you know, I mean, he's a comedian on the show. He's playing himself. Right. I don't think of it in that way. I think of it more in the how meta it was. But like yeah, in the fourth that's wall stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but well, both both very groundbreaking shows. Yes. Yes. When you, when you watch them now, especially, you're like, oh, holy shit. Um, yeah, 86 is a couple of years before The Simpsons, so it's... I mean, it was other shows were doing that breaking the fourth wall, but it wasn't. It didn't come. No, I don't know about other shows, but other media was doing it, but not nearly as much as as came after. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, he. That's almost the whole premise of its Gary Shandling show is breaking yes. the fourth wall. Yes, it's. It, I mean, down to the theme song. Right, which everybody remembers. Mm-hmm. Um. I think and the reason we talked about doing a Gary Shandling show and you wanted to do Larry, Larry, I always want to say Larry David, Larry Sanders and Larry Sanders is great. I just think everyone talks about that. I think not, not enough people talk about how, how much fun this Gary Shandling show was. Well, I didn't, I, mean, I didn't like Gary Shandling show originally when it, I thought it was kind of dumb, but like, uh, rewatching it, I mean, it is kind of dumb, but it's, it's a lot better than I had remembered. I, I loved it at the time, and it is, it has the dumb elements, but I think that they're, they're playing with those too. So I, I think it's it's very smart. Uh, it, no, it is the way the way it's done. I'm trying to find out uh, the theme song, but I can't really find it anywhere. Um, what the lyrics or who did it? No, who did it? Because it totally sounds like Randy Newman, but I know. I, it's not yeah, Randy I assume Newman. it's Randy Newman because he does everything. I know. Uh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, um, it says at the time of the show's production, Gary Shandling actually lived in Sherman Oaks, just like the character on the TV show. Well, I read somewhere that the the set of his apartment was a. <laughs> yeah, it, it said it's, it's styled to be just like his real life condo. <laughs> That's pretty weird. <laughs> and so this is my first exposure to Gary Shanley is the, the it's Gary Shanley show. I didn't ever watch him on tonight's show. Oh yeah. I'd seen him on Carson. I used to, I mean, ever since I was 10, I had insomnia. So I would stay up late every night and watch Carson. And, uh, I don't think I, I mean, I would stay up late and watch Letterman. I don't know what I was doing when Carson was on, because that obviously came first, but I would not watch Carson or barely watch it. Yeah. He was, he was a solid stand-up, you know, back then. I mm. mean, I don't think he was setting the world on fire or anything, but he was good for, like, that show. For Carson, I mean, you know, he was, like, a solid, dependable stand-up. I think he kind of was setting the world on fire, though. I think he was pretty popular. Oh, no, he was. I mean, I, I mean, he wasn't Robin Williams or right. Richard Pryor. That's I, more I, what I meant. I don't. Okay. He wasn't, like, groundbreaking in any way, but but he was a good comedian. 
it's interesting. You didn't watch it, but there's a um, comedians in cars drinking coffee episode. The last episode, I think, which is really weird, and it's called "I'm glad Gary Shandling's alive," which is because some that's something that someone said to Gary Shandling. But anyway, they're talking about their beginnings because they kind of they had very parallel careers, which is I didn't know about that. They both started a comedy store, and then they both got sitcoms. That Larry da- Larry Sanders was was shot across the street or across the in the same set not lot. Set, same lot as as Seinfeld so I, I didn't realize that but anyway um they were t- just they went back to the comedy store and just kind of walked around looked at the pictures and talked about working there and, and Seinfeld was like did you ever see any coke or heroin going on around here and Shantley's like no I never did and it just it's and then they're, they're like apparently it was happening all over the place just, I thought that was just so funny that these two kind of so naive that at the time they might not even know when it was happening because they were like, so we would do our sets and just leave. We weren't a part of the everything yeah, else that happened there. They don't so seem it, like Coke guys to me. Or just, they don't seem like party guys. They're party guys. Yeah. Not, not, yeah. So I just thought, I thought that was interesting that they, they were pretty similar comics that stayed away from all that just because it wasn't in their personality. Did uh, Gary Shandling talk about like Zen Buddhism or anything? I he, know touched he, on, he touched on being Buddhist, but not much more than that. Yeah, I know he got really into that. Um, yeah, it's Gary Shandling Show. We watched the first episode, which is uh, free on Amazon with ads. Oh, I didn't have any ads. Oh, I don't know how you manage that. When I looked it up on Amazon Prime, it was like, buy for two ninety nine or whatever. And I was like, what? But then I had to watch it online with ads. Weird. So, because I have the Amazon Fire Stick, and it just the first episode was free, and all the rest of the episodes you had to pay for. But there's no Fire Stick. You should get that checked out. Well, I just figure it's it's the price you pay for having a fun lifestyle. It is, man. Yeah, you go down to Brazil. Your birthplace. During my birthplace, yeah. During Carnival. Carnival. You're bound to wind up with something. I don't think there's any kind of event in the world that I want to be that's really popular. I would not want to be in New Orleans for Mardi Gras. I don't want to be in New York City for Happy New Year, whatever that, that holiday's called. I think it's called and Happy New Year. I don't want to be in Brazil for Carnival. No. I I agree for the most part, although I am rethinking Mardi Gras just because I like New Orleans so much. And, but well, yeah. I'd like to go to New Orleans, but I don't think I'd want to go on that particular... I'm, yeah, it might be a bit much, um, and you know they're gonna jack up all the hotel rates too. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it might be fun to see though. I like their, I like the culture. You um, can watch Ken Burns Mardi Gras. It shows you everything about it. Yeah, exactly. His uh, 275 part series. Right. Anyway, it's Gary by Will Farrell. It's Gary Shandling's show. On Showtime. Yes, it started on Showtime, and then it like, and then Fox got it. Well, well, yeah, it was kind of simul. It's kind of like what they're doing with Sesame Street now. Showtime would show it first, and then Fox would show it. Yeah, but then Viv was telling me that uh, it caught up, like when it was when they were like showing reruns on Fox. Then it, it finally caught Fox caught up, and then I guess they were showing it simultaneously. Oh, on I didn't Fox know that. And Showtime, but maybe not. That's interesting. Yeah, so it didn't really need to be on cable. Well, no, it did need to be. There's no network that would have taken a chance on a show that was so weird. No, exactly. But it's not like it was, uh, it was filthy or anything. No, yeah, it was it was no dream one. 
it was another kind of like I don't know. There's so many, so many other things you can compare it to that came later. Like, it's also kind of like Get a Life, in a way. It reminded me of that, just with like the weird, uh, meta stuff, mm-hmm. and the making fun of sitcoms, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Although this episode that we watched was particularly weird and not in a good way. For some reason, there they had these these j- jokes about the telephone woman yes and her like weight basically her appearance basically yes yes yeah. i think it actually would have been funnier if it were a guy it would definitely would have been funnier yeah but even either way it wasn't particularly funny no and then having the cable cable person the person in selma cable being a beautiful woman was kind of strange too well they had to set up the the whole date i guess <laughs> it was just dumb but um, it's still funny yeah no i know the like the the making fun of someone's appearance is always just cheap shots like uh, that's never funny but you know it's something that always works too you know like people are always going to laugh at that shit so um you just think like oh he's better than that right exactly but who knows if he wrote you know yeah i don't know it doesn't really it doesn't really matter that much Um, No, no it's definitely 80 an 86 type joke Sorry to bring it up, but uh, but yeah, the the uh, there were a lot of really bizarre things in it. I mean, she turned out to be just weird. Yes, singing the Gilligan's Island theme, um, which really turned Carrie off and turned most of the viewers on. Turn, <laughs> yeah, that's not true at all, and uh talking baby talk to her cat and so it was a nightmare date and she just kept like talking about all the uh all these celebrities who she'd installed cable for and they were all kind of basically third tier celebrities which is funny because they're basically he's putting himself on the same levels yeah sonny bono um the part i laughed the hardest at on this episode was uh when he was on the phone with the uh, radio talk show host and it like, it just kind of cuts in in the middle and starts, he's talking about his failure to get an erection. Well, but he's not, she's, she's turning it into that. She's right. Right. <laughs> but that's, that's what made it funny too. Like, <laughs> like that, that kid. Was... See, I didn't like that at all. Really? Yeah. I thought that was a little too easy. Oh, I did. It's funny because it's not what was going on. That's, that's why I thought it was funny. And yeah. It, it like, ties in with like the kid who says i can't remember the kid's name um, Stuart. i don't think so oh. but he's he says dad why does this kind of thing always happen to uncle gary yeah i like that i'll tell you in the car son which doesn't doesn't really make a lot of sense but it was still funny yeah <laughs> yeah and the um the basketball game, the uh, the stupid basketball game was funny too. Yeah, and see, that's like that's a style of like old school humor, but it worked. Like they have the two super tall like pro basketball players, and they're playing against these schlumpy dudes. I feel like that's a lot of what Garrett Shandling both shows have. They have a mixture of old style, old school humor, and more groundbreaking stuff, and it mixes really well. Yes. Uh. Yeah. And so, yeah, so you compared this to Seinfeld, and it's funny. Basically, Seinfeld had the, the stand-up routines in the middle of some episodes, especially in the early seasons, but it was away from the show. But this, he just kind of stops the show and does does jokes. Does a little bit of stand-up, yeah. Yeah. 
and it, I really another thing I really liked about it was um, he do, he just does straight up exposition, right? Where, like the kind of stuff which is another way of making fun of sitcoms. The way I saw it, you know. Mm-hmm. But he's you know like when he talks about his friend, he's like he's married and I'm single, so you know we tend to envy each other's lives, <laughs> like that kind of thing. Instead of like showing it, he just like spells it out, uh, which was. Yeah, it was it was really good. I kind of want to watch more now. Yeah, if I didn't have to pay two dollars per episode. Yeah. Come on, man. He's not making any money anymore. Let's get it out there for free. <laughs> I remember later in the series there was like maybe the second or third season there was this soap opera star that that was on a lot. He was always pretty funny. Oh like yeah, I don't remember. Stereotypical, good-looking guy. And then there was the guy from Cheers who was on it, who was like. A neighbor or something that was kind of the Newman of the show. Nobody liked him. Well, the, yeah, I was glad for some reason I thought this was nineties, but uh, when I saw like the hairstyles and stuff, I was like, Oh geez, this couldn't have been like, this had to be eighties. I, for some reason I didn't realize it had started so early, but it makes sense. Cause like Larry Sanders show started in 92, I think. So, uh, but yeah, it's like, it's super, it's just super good groundbreaking way more than I had realized like watching it now you can see how much it influenced things and how how fun it was I mean you can be groundbreaking and people remember it and they somebody does it better but you don't aren't necessarily fun but this was really fun it was a silly fun it's yeah it's just dumb fun which is hard to pull off although I will say this uh I mean, we'll talk about it more on the Larry Sanders show, but supporting cast on this one, maybe yeah. not the best. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not, not, not up there with Jeffrey Tambor. Yeah. Uh, the Bill Lynch was the musician. It wasn't Randy Newman. Okay. He was just a Randy Newman wannabe. Like most of us are. Mm-hmm. Toy Story money. That's You know, if you're a musician nowadays, that's what you want to do. You know, write a TV show theme song or get in movies because nobody buys albums anymore. But those movies, they got to pay you. Got to pay. Hollywood's got all the money. All the money. It's Gary Shanley's show. That's how Hollywood can put out these, uh, these terrible movies. Like, uh... I don't know. I saw this one, The Force Awakens. Is that what it's called? Ugh. No, that was a good movie. Maybe you're thinking of something else, like Schindler's List. It's possible. Oh, I am. Yes, I was thinking of Schindler's List. And I was like, why Why are they calling this The Force Awakens? That really seems like... That is not very uh, reverential toward what happened in this movie. Well, they want to get seats in the seats. Yeah, they do. They do want to get seats in the seats. Did you see any movies this weekend? No, I want to see. I, I want to see, even though the commercial for it has a really stupid, like, tasteless joke. I want to see um, the Everybody Wants Some, the new Richard Linklater. Oh, I haven't seen the commercial for it. I just heard that it was coming out. Yeah, I, I imagine that the he usually does good things. Yeah, it's he calls it a spiritual sequel to Days and Confused. So it's, But it's set before Days and Confused. Oh, after. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, 1980. Um, but well, the joke in the commercial is they're like these two dudes are talking about a waterbed, and he's like, "Yeah, it's like lying um, on top of a girl on top of a really fat girl or something." I'm like, "What? That's not." Well, that's. I mean, that's <laughs> that's just kind of like the stupid stuff Matthew McConaughey was saying in Dazed and Confused. I, I guess that's true. Yeah, just see. Yeah, and you know, marketing they got to try to appeal to. I'm sure it's nothing. You know, the older I get, the but high school girls stay the same. What was his weirdo quote? Yep, I keep getting older, but they stay the same age. <laughs> so it's kind of this. I imagine. It, yeah, it's probably just some douchey guy. Yeah. 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 No, exactly. Um, but no, I didn't. And I also, I still want to see uh, uh, 497 Cloverfield Lane. Have you seen yeah. that yet? No, I haven't. I haven't seen anything. I was, oh, I did see Deadpool. Deadpool was great. Deadpool. I don't know the character. I'll watch it on DVD or something, I'm sure. The character came after you stopped reading, I guess. Yeah. Like late 90s. And the character's introduction got better as it went on. Well, you've read one book, right? You read one the one Scott Ackerman wrote, right? I know. I haven't read it. Oh, okay. I thought you did. Nope. I tried yeah, to find it. Changed. it changed. Deadpool as a character changed and got better over time. More interesting. And yet they still went with Ryan Reynolds as the actor to play him. I love Ryan Reynolds and Ryan Reynolds was perfect in that movie. Alright. I mean, I can't imagine he tops Green Lantern, but... Well, nothing can. We'll see. Alright, Deadpool. Rated R, too, right? With a, It's a hard R. Is it? Mm-hmm. See, this is what I like about Marvel. This is what DC could learn from. I, I finished watching the second season of Daredevil. Oh, I haven't, I haven't finished yet. Don't ruin it. Well... I'm not going to ruin it, but I will say, I really, as I've mentioned before, I really appreciate doing the, like, more adult-themed superhero shows, but at some points it's almost too much, like with the really graphic violence where I'm just like, ugh, i got to oh, turn away. Oh, you're not going to like that pull then. Really? Yeah, it's over the top. Wow. If it's over the top, I can take it. Oh, but if it's just like, if yeah. It's just like gross gore shit. Like, but not over the top. Like it's realistic gore. Yeah, that that kind of turns my stomach. You know, kind of torture porny. So but you what... didn't like the second season of Daredevil? No, I did. I'm oh, just okay. saying. I'm just saying that's the one. Like, I'm glad that's... they do it, but it that's the kind of thing that like makes me turn away from the screen. I gotcha. But like cartoon violence, I'm fine with. I feel like the more over the top the violence is, the more I can appreciate it because it it just doesn't even seem real you know mm-hmm. like the tarantino style violence doesn't bother me at all anyway it's gary shandling's show it's there's not a lot to talk about as far as the plot of the show goes because you don't really care no but, it's all about the jokes yeah and i don't remember the, the platonic neighbor as much as i do the the grant uh, schumacher yeah and, and his I don't son. remember I mean, the son's name, but I remember those those two characters. But I did not remember the the, the neighbor at all. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, yeah, I definitely remembered Grant. He's very uh, he's definitely got a distinctive look that yes. sticks in your head. From Greece. Oh shit! He was he was one of uh, John Travolta's uh, entourage. Oh, he was in that movie. I was just talking about countries. Oh. <laughs> Well, maybe I'm wrong. Now I gotta look him up. 
would be interesting if he was from Greece and from Greece. Let's see. Greece is the word. Did you watch the uh, live Greece? No, did you? It's live? No, I watched like five minutes of it. They're doing something else soon, I think. An- another live? Well, they did the fucking, uh, what's his name? No, I just mean they're going to have another TV show. Oh, yeah. They'll have a couple new TV shows coming up in the fall, I guess. I bet. I'm really looking forward to the Jason Jones, Jason Jones TV show. The more commercials I see for it, the more I want to say it. Yeah, I have seen nothing about it. Um, shit, I can't find... All right, let me look up It's Gary Shandling's show. That might be the thing to do, instead of looking up Greece. Or just look up Michael Tucci. Is that who it is? Yeah. Oh, he is in Greece, then. Yes. Yeah. Holy shit. Wait, did you actually mean he was from Greece, though, or did you mean... No. Right. So you're making me go Sorry. through this whole... Uh, yeah, it was wow, kind Goose of enjoyable. Oh. <laughs> I, I beg so, your pardon. So that's your April Fool's Day. Uh, my my least favorite holiday. We just had it. I know I've probably talked about it before, but it's a holiday. I don't, for... I don't, when there's like funny things like little kids bringing, bringing home E's colored in brown and telling their parents that they have brought them brownies, I think it's pretty funny and cute. Well, little kids, I guess, but that's basically the level of humor of it, right? It's like a holiday for people who aren't funny to like, I, I don't know. Here's the thing. Like we both like mean spirited humor, but we like mean spirited humor. That's based on truth. Like just tricking people is kind of a dick move. I don't know if I like mean spirited humor. I don't, what would you think of as mean spirited humor? Uh, well, you know, we're both big fans of, uh, Andrew Dice Clay. Uh, yeah, but what's mean about him? That's true. Nothing. Um, both huge fans of uh, of Damon Wayans now. Now that he's you know gone on record with the Cosby stuff, mm-hmm. that that made us fans all over again. So you know, there yeah. But like I said, that's all based on truth. Anyway, uh, yeah, there's not a lot to say as there never is about a half hour sitcom. One. Episode. I just usually call him Dice Man. I call him the Deister. That's nah. my. It's because it's my tribute to him and Rob and Rob Schneider. Uh, Do you remember briefly he tried to recreate his career and he was in like some kind of romantic comedy that's totally flopped. Yes. He was going by Andrew Clay. Yeah, and he was in that Woody Allen movie. I I have not seen it, but Blue. I don't think I'll ever see a Woody Allen movie. I don't think I will either. I, I will not see another one. Um. Same with Roman Polanski. Although, I do own Rosemary's Baby. So. Oh, so it was Blue Jasmine he was in. I, I think so, it. yeah. And now he's just going by... Uh, he's just going by Clayman. Is Do you think he is the person who invented Claymation? I think he is. That's I mean, that's the only real way to explain how he got in the spotlight. Little Miss Muffet sat on the Muffet. Oh, that was my Damon Wayans. That was perfect. Yeah. Um, I like this trivia for Andrew Dice Clay on IMDb. Perhaps the only stand-up comic ever to sell at Madison Square Garden two nights in a row. I'm going to put perhaps trivia for everybody. Yeah. It might be trivia. It might not. Eh. Perhaps he once uh, swallowed a chinchilla whole. Here's another great one. Even after he made enormous amounts of money with his Dice Man act, he decided to live in his hometown barrow of Brooklyn for a number of years. 
Oh yeah, that uh, that cheap little place to live. Brooklyn. Well, to be fair, he was doing that in the eighties. So I guess not... that's true. Yeah. Um. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he stayed close to his roots. That's what we love about the Dice Man. True to his roots. I thought you were going for some kind of Alex Haley joke there, so I was letting you go, but it never uh, happened. No, I would never. I would never talk about any shit about uh, Alex Haley and his his uh, totally uh, true and and verified uh, telling of roots. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say about uh, what else to say. It's it it was way better than I was expecting because, like I said, I it kind of put me off when I was younger. It's funny. I think there's all those Fox shows I I've, I've loved. There's Get a Life. There's Gary Shantley. So when when did Get a Life start? Ninety. It's around the same time. Oh, I didn't know it was that late. Yep. Uh, Get a Life. It's Gary Shanley's show, The Simpsons, and then there's other stuff that I don't think would hold up as well as those three things do. I can tell you one uh, that doesn't hold up as well: Twenty One Jump Street, because I watched some on, uh, you know, on streaming, and I was like, oh, this is bad. Yeah, it is bad. It's just basically Johnny Depp being pretty and Adam Fuller being, or Captain Fuller being exasperated. Yes. Uh, but I was thinking comedies. There's something called duets or something like that, and then it got spin off into to another show. That was I watched that as a kid, and it was terrible. I do not remember duets. It might not have been called duets. It was it was a show about a couple who meet in their romantic goings on, and then one of the couple's best friends had a spinoff show where she was a real estate agent. Does any of that sound no, familiar? No, not at all. Maybe I made the whole thing up. Probably watch one episode and was like, this is terrible and never watch it again. Do well, you... you were older at the time, so you probably had better taste and yeah. other things to do. Um, did you? Do you remember the spinoff from uh, Married with Children with uh, Joey from Friends? Yeah. <laughs> yeah like him was... and his dad? That was awful, too. His dad was played by somebody like Bologna or somebody who was semi-famous at the time. Oscar Mayer. Maybe a yeah. character actor. Yeah, that's it, Oscar Mayer. Um, yeah, it was awful. And you know, we've already talked about Mary with Children. Well, let's do it again in case that uh one dude's listening. No, let's not. Um, yeah, what else was on Fox? I mean, yeah, they had some, they had some dumb ones. I think they tried to do like a Ferris Bueller. Did they? Yes, it was great. It was a, uh, uh, it wasn't a direct spinoff, but it was a, the kind of character of. What was it, Corey, Corey Parker? The world, according to Corey? Something yes, Corey. yeah, that one. But I No, maybe they... not Corey Parker. Maybe the actor's name was Corey Nemec. Corey Nemec, I yeah. Kathy I... and Jimmy was the principal. I love that show. But they also actually did a Ferris Bueller show, I think, with Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, that was on a different network. It was, okay. You are right. It was. On... And, it and, and the... that guy was terrible. He was no Matthew Broderick. I'll tell you that much. And he, he was... It wasn't Kathy and the Jimmy. I forget the principal's name. He was the the guy who played Ferris Bueller in that show was in a show or a movie with George Burns where they changed bodies. Charlie Schlatter, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, what was now? I got to find that. He was also on Diagnosis Murder. What was the George Burns? Damn, he's he's acted steadily, dude. Wait, Diagnosis Murder, the Dick Van Dyke show. Yeah. Also starred Michael Tucci. He was also on Kick Butowski, Suburban Daredevil. What well, this guy has acted steadily since the, i don't know how 
I mean, I guess a lot of it's video game voices, but still, even so, he um, started as a kid and kept going. Good yeah, for him. No, that is good. And you know, he was in Butt Ugly Martians, which was apparently a TV show. Um, remember that TV that sitcom, Alien sitcom, that was was a big hit for like a half a season, and then it just disappeared the next season. No, was it on Fox? Recently, like two years ago. Oh was, yeah, no, it was terrible. The one with Jamie Gertz. Yes. Yes. Who Viv and I were talking about. I like Jamie Gertz. You know what? She never seemed like she was like an asshole or like got into you know like the rest of those like Brat Pack era people all kind of seemed to turn into shitheads. Not Ellie Sheedy. I don't, yeah, I don't know anything about her. Not Molly Ringwald either. But you know, like Judd Nelson and uh, a lot of them. Yeah. Um, she always just seemed like a normal person who was like just a working actor. Um, Do you think Judd Nelson wakes up every day and says, I should be Iron Man? I think, yeah, I think he wakes up every day and thinks he should be the entire Avengers. Parker Lewis can't lose. Yeah, Parker Lewis can't lose. That was it. And it was 18 again, Was which I was going to say as a joke because I didn't think that was the name of it. But that was the movie that Charlie Schlatter was in with George Burns. Yeah, Parker Lewis Can't Lose wasn't bad. Um, it it kind of got the axe quick for a Fox show, too, I feel like. It was three seasons. I, I mean... Oh, was it that long? Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's not bad, then. And that was another show that, that broke the fourth wall. But that's because Ferris Bueller's Day Off did. Yeah, it was no, you know... I guess it lasted longer than Get a Life, so... That's not it bad. It was a, a lot more user-friendly than Get a Life. Yes. Although, yeah, I think nowadays people would get get a life a lot more. Um, Andy Tennant, right? That's his name? No. not Wait, what's the dude's name from Greece? Why did I just lose him? Michael Tucci or Mike... John Travolta? No, no. Yeah, John Travolta. That's what I was thinking. Speaking of which, did, have you seen any of the, uh, except for what we watched in the hotel room, have you seen any of the OJ? Nope, just from the hotel room. But. People love it. A lot of people I talk to love it and watch it each week. Yeah, I know. I kind of want to see it. I mean, that might be a fun one to do a uh, episode on once we watch it all. I guess. I don't really want to watch it all. Damn it. Michael Tucci was born in New York City. I was really hoping he was Greek. Well, with a name like Tucci, it's it's almost certain he's, he has Greek heritage. Yeah. Tucci. It's just like uh, really a Tony. You just think Greece. Do you think Michael Tucci is Stanley Tucci's father? Yes. Me too. Or his mother. Let's see. I wonder if it mentions it. Um, I know. I wonder if he is related to the Tooch. I doubt it. No, nothing about him. In, nothing in his trivia. I would imagine that would be like one of the first things. Um, anyway, yeah, so it's Gary Shandling's show. I would like to watch more. It's unfortunate that a show that's so old is like you have to pay for to see. Um, you know, unless you you know of other methods to get TV shows. I mean, I sure certainly don't know of any, but you know, if but you do. you think this would be available in other methods to get TV shows? I would be surprised. I would, I would think well, it almost has to be. Everything's out there, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was fun. It's it, For me, it was a lot of nostalgia, too, because so, I liked it as a kid, but it was also a fun show. Yeah, it was way fun better than I, yeah, way better than I remembered. And, uh, and man, Gary Shandling. Like you said, it's it's a crazy mix of like old style humor, but then like totally new shit. Yeah. Like it's you, 
you like rack your mind trying to think of somebody else who's done that. Um, because usually when you think of somebody like groundbreaking, it's almost like all new, a new sensibility, you know. But he still has like the old stand-up feel going to a lot <clears throat> of his stuff. Right, and he was also a, like a sort of a sitcom writer. I think he wrote a couple Sanford and Sons. Yes, yeah, way back in the day he was. I, yeah, I think he wrote on, you know what, that'd be a good thing to look up. Um, Gary Shandling, writer. Like, was he? did he write for, like, uh, the Smothers Brothers or anything? Or was that somebody else I'm thinking of? It probably was. Huh. Um, that I seems know. too far back. Yeah, right? it does It does seem kind of far back. All right. he's only, like, 66 or something. Well, maybe. Yeah, well, but we'll, he, he we'll did, never know. I, I I also read that he, or no, I, I saw something that he had written an episode for Welcome Back, Cotter. And, like, he wrote the episode for a, a group of producers, and then by the time the episode was going to be actually be used, new producers came in, and they didn't like anything about it, so the whole thing was rewritten, but he still got his name on it. And that's basically what put him towards stand-up, because he didn't like losing all that Um you know, the control over what he wrote. Right, right. Yeah, no, and you're right, too. He he started, Sanford and Son was his first script, and then he, he did uh, Welcome Back, Cotter and Three's Company. Oh, he, no, sorry. He wrote scripts for the sitcoms Welcome Back, Cotter, and attended a story meeting for Three's Company. Why is that <laughs> even in his bio? <laughs> the story meeting happened to be at a diner, and he was sitting at a booth across the way. Yeah, what the hell? He attended a story meeting for Three's Company. He was like, this is a bunch of shit. Bye. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Watch it, people. Go go watch the first episode of It's Gary Shandling Show. And it's, it's fun to see him do his little, his little, what would you call it, neurotic, neuroticness throughout the show. Yes, and I mean, well, and that's a trait that definitely continues into the next show. Um, yes. Which we will talk about af- right after this break. So we'll be right back. We had a comrade, a brave comrade. He could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero Tried talking about Shamiro To computers wearing earphones He almost died for conversation Hallucinations, good vibrations Van Dyke Park's Greyhound Racing Steeplechasing, the Reformation Transubstantiation, Brian Stoker's creation The land of the Thracians and Alright, and we're back with Larry Sanders' show. Uh, we picked Season 1, Episode 7, Hank's Contract. That's the name of and which I remembered as being uh, a good one, and it was a good one. I thought. Yeah, it's a great one. Um, and it's another... Uh, well, another totally groundbreaking show that you see. This one, especially, you see like so much shit came from. Yeah, um, like I was talking about that comedian in cars getting coffee and, and they're they're eating in Seinfeld's. Like, what does it feel like when you create a show 
and nothing before it was like it. Then after it, you watch TV now. The the U.S. Office, uh, Marowit or not Modern Family. And he just knocked off like six shows, and he's like, "You're basically watching your show over and over again." Right. No, it's totally true. I mean, The Office is probably the prime example, but like even even the British Office and Ricky Gervais's whole career mm-hmm. um, is like he took that whole kind of really uncomfortable squirmy comedy that Gary that Larry Sanders show did, which. I don't remember ever seeing before. Right. Not to that level anyway. Like there might be a joke somewhere here and there before, but like this really like, and this episode too was full of it. Like just scenes that make you wince. (laughs) Now, Larry Sanders never got as awkward as especially the British office. Never got nearly as, as bad as that. No, but they, but it was his whole, I mean, it was a concept that he basically created with this show. Yes. The, the whole style. Yeah. They, they just ran with it, which is always going to happen. You know, you watch like the Adult Swim stuff now. It's all like get a life taken to the next level. But but it wouldn't have been there without the original. Um, and you could totally see it. And, and another like meta show. I mean, he's playing a talk show host. And, which is something he almost became or right, he could and, have become. I mean, he was offered both... Letterman spot and the spot after um, what Tom Snyder took, whatever. Was that yeah, yeah. So he was offered that spot. So he was offered twelve thirty spot twice and said no. And, and like he some did, people, what he did guest host for Carson a lot too. So. Yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. There was him and Leno were the two guest hosts until uh, I think it's Gary Shandling show happened and he had to stop doing the guest show. Right, guest, guest hosting. Host. But from what I read, people said he wouldn't have been able to do a, a nightly show. He was just too neurotic like right. everything had to be perfect and which that's possible with a, a show that's only 13 episodes or whatever you get for or 20 episodes for a cable show but it's not going to happen for a show you're doing every night right and and it's not like he plays down his neuroticness on the larry sanders show no <laughs> um and i always have wondered and i don't know why i've never like researched it but like the the actual talk show segment seems so real like i I don't know if they're scripted or if it's just like he's doing a fake talk show and they're acting like it's a real talk show. I think it must be a real, yeah, real just, fake talk show. It's yeah. not full. I mean, it's framed but not scripted. But I don't know. I've not looked it up either. Yeah, I, I can't. Like, I can't imagine it's scripted. But one of the my favorite things is the how they use a different camera. Yes. The, yeah. For the for the talk show, it's like the video. Right. So yeah. it's like you're watching the actual talk show. Yeah, no, and and that's another thing. I think like the um, the partly scripted and then partly improvised thing is a, another big thing that people do now. Yeah, yeah, um, and just just having kind of kind of a fake documentary that's not really a documentary, right? Is is different for Larry Sanders. There was other fake documentaries, of course. I mean, Spinal Tap and all that, but this was not like on its face a documentary. It's just like the cameras there. Is that? Isn't there a name for that kind of... Yeah, I don't... I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, it's basically a behind-the-scenes type thing, but... No, no, I don't even mean that, but I mean the kind of filmmaking where the... It seems like you're watching real life. It doesn't... It's not made out to be a movie. Right. Yeah, I have no idea if there's a name for it. Fly-on-the-wall filmmaking. There you go. I just coined it. Coined a phrase, actually. Fly-on-the-wall. Kind of smart of me. Um... Yeah, no, this was, uh, this episode, so this episode, uh, Hank's renegotiating his contract, um, which is just the basic plot of it, um, 
But speaking of of uh, supporting actors, as we did briefly earlier, the, it's another it's another credit to Gary Shandling that like the two best characters on this were not him. Right. Yeah. You, you got Artie and uh, Hank. Hank Kingsley. He had to make have made our list of the best hundred TV characters. I can't remember, but we did a list of best one hundred TV characters. Yeah, it was like. Oh yeah, we ago. each had to come up with our own. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if he did or not. It it would be a shame if Hank Kingsley wasn't on there. That would be ridiculous, and we'd have to revise it. Um. But he's used Goodbye, to Pee Wee Herman. Great effect in this episode. Hey, wait, have you seen the Pee Wee Herman show on movie on Netflix? No. Oh, I haven't either. All right. Um, another one who at the time, like I was like, yeah, I kind of don't get this as much as everybody else does. Pee Wee Herman. It's just really dumb. But I should like revisit it. Well, well yeah, you must have been again. I was probably 86. So you're. Yeah, I was like that. too cool for everything. Yeah. At that point. What did you like? You know, that's that's a good question. I liked uh, Husker Du. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, but Hank Kingsley, this is a, a really good Jeffrey Tambor showcase this episode, I feel like. Not that every episode of the show isn't. No, but he has he has a lot of spots where he's like indignant. And yes. Justifiably so. Very justifiably so. There's that yeah. whole scene where he's pouring his heart out. And then for whatever reason, Artie did not turn mute on when he was listening to the conversation. On the so speakerphone. So you hear him phone. cough. He's like, I'm on speakerphone. <laughs> and Gary Shandling's, Larry Sanders' way of getting around that is just so stupid. Yes. Well, at first, yeah, Artie coughs. And he's like, oh, did you cut one? And yeah. tries to make, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think there's a lot about Gary Shandling's personality in the Larry Sanders character. But in seeing him talk and, in, and just hearing about him, I feel like, a lot of his, it's not a lot of it isn't him. Like Larry Sanders is kind of an asshole and I don't feel like Gary Shanley was an asshole. No, I think maybe at one point he was probably very neurotic and perfectionist, like you said, but I think like the Zen Buddhism like helped center him later. Well, no, even that, even, even when he was like neurotic and perfectionist, I didn't like Larry Sanders is some kinds, sometimes is so, well, I guess in this episode is a perfect example of him not being an asshole. Though, well, that, that's it. another reason I liked it. I mean, he, well, let's not, Let's not say that. I mean, he was an asshole in this episode, but at at the end, he actually did something selfless. I mean, that's what another thing I liked about it is it shows he really does care about Hank, even though he mocks him and and Hank is mockable too. I mean, right. that's yeah. another oh, yeah. thing. So you're saying like, he's an asshole because he mocked him. I wasn't even thinking of that, but yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, oh, and it's an interesting. Uh, it's interesting that you picked this episode because it had Robin Williams on it as well. Right, which I didn't remember, but yeah, that was a. That was a good like Robin, Robin Williams. Was really, really funny on it. Like, yeah. In a, a subtle way. It was great. And I, yeah, I love their whole exchange, like right before they go back to commercial, where Gary Shandling's like, you're not going to do Arsenio or Leno, are you? And he's like, I have to. It's a business. And, <laughs> and Larry Sanders is like, fucker. <laughs> Robin Williams is like, hey, that's the way it is. Blow me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But even before, like, he does this, like, over-the-top Robin Williams-esque uh, bit before they start talking to each other when they're on a break. And then when he comes off the break, he's, how am I doing? It's just, it was yeah. just so needy and just, it's just really, I like that. I like I like how it played. And then he's like, do you think Hank's upset that I mocked him? <laughs> so funny. Yep, the insecure. That's, I mean, that's the thing about this show. 
that's so great. Like you said, uh, Larry Sanders is kind of an asshole, way more than Gary Shandling is. You would you would hope. Um, yeah, and just how he interacts in different interviews and stuff, it just seems that way. But maybe I'm wrong. Right, maybe. but that's that's kind of the thing about the whole show is that it's a lot darker probably than Hollywood really is, which is not to say Hollywood's not like full of scumbags and stuff. But you know, it's it casts like a, an unflattering light on everybody, which was one thing I liked. I especially appreciated like the actors willing to go on and yeah and portray <laughs> themselves in an unflattering light. I wonder what Johnny Carson thought of it. I've never seen any reaction in that way. Yeah. It's, it's, I guess it's not him because this is a younger talk show host and this was at a time when everything was changing. So maybe he wouldn't be that offended. No. And I don't, I mean, I don't see any reason for Carson to be offended by this. Oh, was Carson still on? Maybe this was after Carson was done. Yeah, I know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really, I mean, Carson is another one who's like notoriously, Asshole. Yeah, a very difficult person to get to know. Like, he he was very closed off and kind of yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but after, Carson was gone by this time, so it was perfect timing. Yeah, and I don't think Gary Shandling was taking any shots at Carson. He was basically playing no. himself. Like, I don't think he was trying to play Carson in any way. No, but there's aspects of the character you could think would be very Carson-esque, especially with the the Artie. Party character where they kind of work together to create this talk show. Yes, yeah, probably so. Yeah, because he had his producer. Yeah, the old, I forget the Deco, Fred Deco, Deco, Fred Cord- de Cordova. Yeah, um, yeah, no, who was pro- who already probably was based on. That's true. Um, but yeah, just hilarious. Like Hank's whole thing. She was a Judd. That was one of the lines I remembered. He's <laughs> so angry because they mock him for introducing uh, Winona Judd as the Judd. <laughs> <laughs> and the awkward scene where the stripper is someone he didn't give his number to or whatever it was. Yeah, they, they hire a stripper for his going away party and it turns out he fucked her over. Like he just used her because she says, I'm, I'm not your whore. Right. Make, yeah, just all that awkwardness. Um is cringeworthy and yet funny still. And this is like, I talk about it's, it's Gary Shandling where it's has a mix of the old and new. And this, this does too, but not as much as other episodes. Cause there's some episodes of Larry Sanders where there's like just gags in the middle of an episode that it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't gel as well. Right. With this cringy comedy. This had a little bit at the end where Larry Sanders is upset that his threat didn't work. And that, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Cause that's, it doesn't fit in, in as well kind of stands out because it's it's so old school but it's still funny yeah yeah no it it's allowed to work because it it it, uh is mixed in with the newer stuff i think right yeah Yeah. but uh yeah just so many so many great lines from this one too you know like oh (laughs) i chipped my tooth on the urinal what the fuck was so comical about that (laughs) (laughs) it was your back tooth yeah (laughs) Um, but, but Jeffrey Tambor, man, like, yeah, he had to be on our list. I can't imagine he wasn't, um, just like a character that I don't, you know, it's, it's a character that by rights, nobody should feel any sympathy for. (laughs) And yet he makes him sympathetic somehow. Um, because he's a, well, no, there's a little bit of the character sympathetic that he's, he's such a, so pathetic. He's so pathetic, yeah. Yeah, such a sad like sack. Guy from Parks and Rec. Wait, which one? 
Larry? Oh yeah, Jerry. Jerry. Yeah. Jerry. <laughs> yeah. But unlike unlike Parks and Rec, Jeffrey Tambor's character is never given a break. You never say, "Well, at least he has this going for him." Right. He yeah. He really doesn't have anything going for him. He's always a, super pathetic. And then on top of that, he is so egotistical. So yeah, he, if it wasn't for his acting, it would be very very hard. Yeah, there he would you would just hate him and not care at all. And then he has that secretary who absolutely adores and loves him, and I think that's a part of the that that relationship is a part of why you feel sympathetic for him because if he she likes him, there must be a reason. Because <laughs> the whole series, I, I I forget the end of the series. Maybe there's some kind of rift, but most of the series, she, he's a jerk to her, but she still wants to do everything for him. Yeah, there's no he, kind of sexual basis or anything. She just likes him for some reason. Yeah, he's terrible to <laughs> and, her. And I think it, maybe it happens more than once, but it definitely happens this episode where she comes in and says, uh, <laughs> Hank wants to see you to Larry Sanders. And he says, okay. So Hank comes in and he's just like, so you wanted to see me? Yeah. It, just his, all his machinations to make himself, uh, uh, it's, it's, yeah, like the whole, when they're throwing the party and she comes and knocks on the door and, and he's like, is everybody out there? Is Larry there? <laughs> and then he comes out and acts surprised. Yeah. Uh, just such and a. You, you kind of feel good for him that the writers did something nice, and it wasn't like you, you're kind of on the edge of the seat. Is this making fun of him? Are they trying to treat him like crap? But they don't, and it's a real thing. And then it turns out to be <laughs> terrible. Yeah, but I don't. Yeah, I don't think like I don't think the writers ever try to make fun of him. Like I think they respect the character. Oh, I don't. I thought I thought there was there was just they didn't like him. Like there was not. Oh, the not I'm sorry. The writers on the actual show. I thought you meant the the writers of the show. No, no, the writers. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the, the two Jeremy writers. And yeah. And Wallace Langham. Yeah. <laughs> they. I think there's there's bad blood, so it's it's kind of interesting that they're doing something nice for him for a right. change, and even that backfires. <laughs> yeah, Hank doesn't even know Phil's name. <laughs> well, yeah, he says Paul. Calls him Paul. Um, yeah, there's definitely nobody likes. Really, but that's the thing. People do like deep down like Hank. You know, there's like people you've worked with like that. You know, where you're like, this guy's kind of a an annoying, but you still, it's not like you hate them. You know what I mean? Like, right. you don't yeah. want you don't want to do anything mean to them or whatever. Yeah. Although there's some episodes of this show where he is such a dick, you don't want anyone to like him. Yeah. No, that's true. Not this episode. This episode, he didn't do anything that bad. No, he had a lot of bad stuff done to him. Yes. No, it was mostly just yeah. It was mostly just the egotism in this episode. Right, right. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know. It's true. I mean, Jerry Seinfeld's right. Just to be able to do that and just see it like reverberate out until it's it's like. It's the model for sitcoms, you know? It's crazy. So he says that to Gary Shanley, and Gary Shanley responds like, yeah, I told them this is something that's never been on TV before. It has to happen. And I was like, who, you t- who did you tell? Other homeless people. <laughs> uh, yeah, I couldn't... I could sit down and watch Larry Sanders anytime, I feel like. Yeah, it's a great show. I, I'm disappointed it's no longer on Netflix. Yeah, that sucks. I bought the box set um, for super cheap. They, you know, they're having one. Of, Amazon was having one of their deals. Years, mm-hmm. I think you might have even told me about it years ago. So I, I got it for like you know fourteen bucks or whatever. 
Um, yeah, it's worth it, man. Later on, now get... I watched a copy of it online or through illegal means. Actually, I didn't do it; somebody else did. I won't name any names, David. Anyway, as it was on, it's from Canadian television, and at the end they announced what's coming on next, and Dream One was coming on after. Oh, yeah, see, HBO was having a hard time early on with their original programming. I don't know. They had Larry Sanders show. How hard how hard a time were they having? No, but Dream On predated Larry Sanders. Let's look that piece of shit up. Oh, God, what a terrible show. I don't know. It, it probably wasn't very good, and I wouldn't enjoy watching, but it's, it's one of those things that it was different, and I think that's what made HBO good is that they were willing to take risks. So it's not something that would have gotten onto a, a network show. Well, no. I mean, there was too much nudity on it for that well, even aside from that i thought there was like a, a a lot of weird fantasy sequences in the show like you're looking at it into his head yeah i think that you're probably right i don't know I, don't, I think the only reason people watch it was sort of the nudity to be honest but yeah it, no it shit it ran be, from 1990 to 96 and the people who created friends created it <sighs> with brian ben ben another actor with no charisma whatsoever I don't know Wendy Malik was on that show. She's she's pretty funny. Yeah, she played. Well, his Brian Benben actually ex. is next season. He's going to be on, um, and in the fall he's on a new show that's created by Vince Gilligan. So that should be pretty interesting. Oh, what's Brian Benben up to? I mean, look like now. I wonder. Uh, Michael McKean was on it. Jeez. Denny Dillon, I remember her. Annoying. Um, oh, he's married to Madeline Stowe. That's right. We were talking about that, uh, me and Viv, when we were watching... Uh, From Revenge. Revenge, yeah. Anyway, yeah, Dream On was terrible. Uh, Larry Sanders is what is what kicked them into gear. And then... Uh, was know. there not any other good HBO shows before Larry Sanders? I don't and think there, there were. there must be some kind of weird um, de- like deal where the, the other like shows that came on HBO before a certain time weren't owned by HBO. Yeah, they're like probably partnered with NBC Universal or some shit. Who knows? Yeah, because there's, there's most of HBO's shows are on Amazon for free. Like there was a, a recent deal where that happened. Well, Amazon Prime for it was free. Was a Prime, yeah. But not not shows like I don't think Dream One's on there, and I know for a fact that Larry Sanders isn't on there. So it must have been like after this time as we own all our shows. Yeah, well, dream. Yeah, I think that probably is the case. Like when they were first starting out, they probably had to partner with people HBO to get to get uh, funding for this shit. But uh, mm-hmm. Dream On probably not on there just because nobody wants to see it. <laughs> uh, you really hate Dream On. I can't remember. There was oh, I think we actually watched an episode of it because I think it was like not necessarily the news or something. Oh yeah, that yeah. I think that was an HBO show. Um, that was yeah. Yeah, I remember Showtime used to have a uh, Bazaar with John Biner. Do you remember that? No. Oh, it was like a comedy show. That Super Dave Osborne was on it a lot. Well, Super Dave Osborne had his own show too, but that was Showtime. Yeah, so it was so it was Bazaar. Um, oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. Okay, yeah, not necessarily the news starting in '82 on HBO. Oh, they had so. Fraggle Rock. That's true, but when did Fraggle Rock come out? That had to be... 83. Oh, was was it that early? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit, I didn't know that. But, I mean, that's for kids. 
and adults who are young at heart. And uh, insane asylums. Oh, and Tales from the Crypt. I forgot. Oh, right, Tales from the Crypt. But, you know, you can't, I mean, yeah, that's not, like, dream on terrible, but it's also, like, you know, it's cheesy. It's no, not, it's not like a great show. It depends on the episode, I think. But, no, it was not um, Larry Sanders' level of changing, changing things. Right. Although, I wouldn't mind some more horror anthology shows. I wouldn't mind just anthology shows in general. I Gen- think they're yeah. a great thing. Well, let's create one. Let's do a noir anthology show. Yeah, awesome. All right, who's listening, Hollywood? We we just came up. That was our elevator pitch. A noir anthology show. Now you. Now it's up to you. Or just the idea, man. Give us the money. So that's the thing. I just saw someone say that on the, on some. Or did you say it last week? Elevator pitch. I've heard it twice recently. Oh yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I said it before, but I try to keep my Hollywood speak in check while we're talking to the general public, the mass of rubes out there who don't know what I'm talking about. Well, um, they pretty much don't know what we're talking about anyway, because we mostly talk nonsense. That's true, but speaking of nonsense, Donald Trump. I'm just kidding. I don't even know what he's done this week. He's going to make America great again. I like how his whole, like, his whole uh, basis of his slogan is that America sucks. I mean, I guess it does if you're a white supremacist. Pretty shitty times for you. I'm excited about a contested convention. I hope that happens. I mean, you know, that's what all the pundits are saying now. Yeah. But I just don't see... Anything can happen. Yeah, I know. I, I suppose if it's a contested convention, you'd have to put better odds on Kasich. Because like you said, or like everyone says, Ted Cruz is not liked by Republicans. No. Donald Trump's not liked by Republicans. And if, if you're only dealing with the people who actually ran, I still think Mitt Romney's going to sneak it. I just feel like, what's the fallout if there's a con- contested convention like that, like among Trump supporters? Oh, they are upset. They don't. They don't like whoever comes in. And then Hillary Clinton or whoever runs on the Democratic side, Bernie Sanders, can say, you know, it's a little illegitimate candidate. It didn't even get uh, the popular vote in their own party. Why would you want to put them in the White House? I guess it's going to be a mess. I, yeah, it's going to be a huge mess if they do it. Um, no, they, there's no way. I mean, it's possible if there is a contested convention that just to appease the Trump supporters, they would nominate Cruz because they're kind of in line with each other. Uh, but I, but they hate him so much, I can't see it happening. I don't know. And it's, then there's the, the the fact that Kasich and Trump's campaigns don't seem to... Well, maybe Kasich's is, but Trump... I was reading an article recently where he lost a lot of delegates in Nevada, even though he got more votes because of some technicality that his team didn't know about. Shocking his team wouldn't know about something to do with politics. <laughs> Well, they're busy throwing women to the ground. Yeah. But yes, I will vote for Donald Trump in every election. Same here. No, yeah, I just think this this whole contested event, uh, convention thing is going to make things really ugly if it happens. But I guess we'll see. It'll still be amusing from the sidelines. Yeah. And it's going to be hard. You know, those conventions are usually like rah, rah, rah. It's going to be hard for, for it to be rah, rah, rah when not everybody's supporting the same person. Yeah, it, I mean, it'll be funny to see actual 
Republicans uh, protesting at the Republican convention. <laughs> and it's happening in Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, the perfect place for a Republican convention. Democratic convention is happening in Philadelphia. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, God, that's going to be a nightmare for you. Why? Traffic. Well, I accept it won't be that bad. When, when Obama comes to town, you know, uh, you know, they got they shut down all these streets. You know, they because they have to map out the route and stuff. I mean, they probably, it probably won't go that far for the Democratic it'll, convention. I mean, it'll, but it'll be a mess downtown. They'll have security concerns, but it won't be as crazy as it was for the Pope. Oh God, I forgot about that. Yeah, because the crowds. I mean, the crowds are crazy, but they're not. They're not that level of people just being around and not. You know, it's just a bunch of who's. Somebody was telling me that the last time the convention was here, they closed up. There's a, a strip of of strip clubs or like a stretch of strip clubs in New Jersey, and they closed them all up before the Republican convention came. In like why? I would think the Republicans yeah, I, I would be all over that. Yeah, they to go to that, but they wanted to clean up the image. Yeah, no, the, yeah, that's true. I forgot the Pope was there. It won't be. Yeah, yeah, there won't be a bunch of uh, dumb crippled children trying to get touched by some dude and heal themselves at the Democratic convention. You never know. Unless, unless Obama shows up, or uh, oh fuck, why am I blanking on his name? New Jersey, Brexit. New Jersey mayor. Oh fuck, I'm all right. Never mind. Kicking myself now. Um, Hayden Panettiere, that's his name. I thought it was Cory Booker. Yeah, or Cory Booker. Get some credit. Hayden Panettiere is from Nashville. Oh, that's true. Yeah, she's a singer there. Mm-hmm. And an actress. Well, that's stretching it, maybe. No, in in the show, she's she plays an actor. Oh, she does. Okay. Um, yeah, Cory Booker. Man, I'm just. Yeah, I think the Republicans might be done for this election. It's it's just getting too weird. But I'm really interested to see whoever gets the Democratic nominee, which will probably be Hillary, who they choose as a running mate. Because you've got Cory Booker, Elizabeth Warren. Shit, I don't could... think Elizabeth Warren wants anything to do with Vice President. I think she's happy where she is. Possibly, but because if, if you ran the numbers, I bet she would have won the primary. I think she would have too. Because um, she's a perfect combination of Bernie and Hillary. Yes. No. Exactly. No, she would have been great. But I understand that. But I also wonder, like, if you're given, if you're given that on a silver plate, hey, you want to be vice president? If if that's maybe not too tempting to take. I mean, yeah. Who knows? I'm just saying. And I think it's a little much to 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 want the first, both the first. Uh, woman vice president and president in one time. Can't you just portion it out? Maybe yeah. next time I have the first woman vice president. Yeah, that's true. Come on, give the men a shot. Exactly. It's you want equality. Well, don't be greedy. Yeah, let's try balancing things. Maybe, and I know this is a crazy idea, but how about Bill, a hillbill ticket? That would work. Hillbilly. Um, eating ain't cheating. I stole that from Comedy Bang Bang. That's the only Bill Clinton impression I even know of. Um, let's uh, let's let the Rwandans die. That's my other Bill. Um, but it would like I don't know if it's ever happened, but I mean, there's also a chance if Hillary wins a nomination, she could choose Bernie as her VP, right? I mean, I don't know that he would want VP either, but. That would definitely, like, get these assholes who say they aren't going to vote if Bernie doesn't get the nomination out there. Right, yeah. I don't know. It's so, like, 
then there's also there's the electoral college games that they pick someone from a state that they they are weak right. in just to right. pick up that state. So who knows? Yeah, I don't. I mean, it'll be super. In, it's just going to be a super interesting election. Like, mm-hmm. this is going to be like the. Uh, I don't even remember any real interesting elections. Maybe you know Gore versus, versus Bush, but that was only interesting in the aftermath. It's not like Gore was all that exciting anyway. I thought the the Obama election was interesting. The first one. Uh, that's true. First it was. No, it was. It was interesting, and it was. Uh, I watch. We watched that inauguration at work. Like they just had everybody. They're like, if you want to come watch it, come up, and we did. And it was really cool. Um, no, that's true. But this is even more. I mean, just just from a like National Enquirer point of view, this is super interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the and TMZ the National election. Enquirer is actually reported on it. So Ted Cruz has had multiple affairs, according to them. I mean, shocks nobody if it's true. I I just wonder. Anonymous said they were going to go after Trump and. Did they ever do anything? I, I keep hearing Anonymous is going to do all this shit, and then I never see any follow-up. So. Well, you know, I mean, the way Anonymous is, is anybody in Anonymous can say something, and then other people are like, oh, I don't really want to do that. So yeah, that's true. But like we said, I think going after Trump like that is dumb anyway. Like, he doesn't care, and no, none of his supporters are going to care, no matter what comes mm-hmm. out. So. You almost, I mean, you look at him and you assume he's had affairs. So, I, I like, I don't think... Well, I don't think they're going to... Nobody's going to care at all about that, but the, if there's any financial stuff... Fiduciary, yeah, shenanigans. No, that's... But, but they're already... I mean, there yeah, are, yeah. definitely, and it's already on the record. Like, people know about his bullshit, so... <laughs> well, working with mobsters hasn't hurt him much yet. I don't know, though. This, this whole stream of things with women it seems to actually been chiseling away or maybe it's just the fact that he's only going against two candidates not seven i think that might be a bigger reason why his poll numbers are going down yes i think so too yeah um well plus like it's fine to keep spouting stupid shit early on and just to get uh media attention but when you keep spouting stupid shit after a while people start to go oh he's really stupid (laughs) Uh, that could be a part of it as well. Did you read that Rolling Stones story about him? No. Where the Rolling Stones were going to play in like Atlantic City at one of his hotels, I guess. Like this was way back in the '80s, I think. And uh, but they like stipulated in their thing that Trump couldn't be in the building, not even for their concert when they were playing. <laughs> That's a little ridiculous. And well, they hated Trump, I guess. And he came in and started doing a press conference right before they were supposed to do their press conference. Uh-huh. And they got their manager to go out and tell him to leave. And then he, like, shut it down and then came back and started doing it more. And Keith Richards said something like, look, either I'm going to get my knife and go out there or you go out there and get him out of here. And it just He's just such, I mean, he's always been a dick, basically, is the point, I guess. Anyway, Larry Sanders show. Uh, not available streaming either. Available, but you have to pay. Yeah, yeah. Not available streaming free, but right. it's worth buying. It's worth owning if the uh, box set is cheap. I don't know that you should pay for like half hour episodes. It's kind of a bit much. Dollar ninety nine. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Well, just give up your Starbucks every day and that pays for it. That's true, but I mean, yeah, I, don't know. I think Starbucks. that works out to like two hundred dollars an hour. So I don't think that's a good deal anyway. Um. All right, yeah, I think we're done, huh? Yeah. With Larry Sanders. They're both great. R.I.P. Gary Shandling. 
Yeah, R.I.P. He's great. Yeah. A funny interview. Sincere R.I.P. for Gary Shandling. Not like all the other R.I.P.s we do. Most of my R.I.P.s are sincere. Oh, mine aren't. Uh, I don't know if he's really dead. True. You never know in this in this economy. Uh, they always got in the interview on uh, comedians and cars getting coffee, which everyone should watch because it's funny. The show in general, but that episode specifically. He says, and even though I'm ruining a lot of funny parts, he says at my funeral. I want there to be a boxing ref who goes, counts to five, and then says, he's down, he's not getting up. Oh, I wonder if that happened. I was wondering the same thing, but they probably didn't do it. It's his last wish. It's on tape. It's all <laughs> legal. I haven't heard, uh, read any what uh, anything of, I mean, if John, Jerry Sunfeld's written, written an essay or anything, I, it's, he seems once in a while to come out and have something written. I'd like to read that if he did. Oh, on Gary Shandling, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. I haven't actually. It's weird. I haven't read any Gary Shandling articles since he died. I'm sure there must be a bunch. There is a pretty good one in the New Yorker that specifically. There's a picture of Shandling with Letterman, Jay Leno, and Johnny Carson, and and he looks. He takes the picture and talks about how it was a reflection of their personalities, the way they're acting in the picture, and specifically talking about Gary Shandling. Have you seen Dave lately with the beard? No. Oh, yeah, he looks like a crazed mountain man, dude. Go find a picture. I saw. I guess he had the beard at this point when he was. He was. On, he did an interview on, like in Indiana, and this was not that long after he retired. So he he's had the beard for a while. Uh, it wasn't mountain man territory, but he did an interview on like an Indiana morning TV show about a. Um, uh, he owns a, a, a car, like a Formula One car team. And he's just talking about that. Oh. Sounds boring, but it's probably funny. <laughs> he did make it funny. And you see, have you seen Michael Stipe's beard? Yeah, he's another one. <laughs> That's true, Mountain Man. Yeah, he's got the the goat nose ring to go with it too. <laughs> Is that what they call this? A bull ring? I don't know. Um, yeah, Michael Stipe. Recommendations, Asians, Asians, Asians. I got one. Good, you go first. Uh, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. I finally watched it. No, you shut up. Oh, it's good. I'll have Tompkins show. Yes, I enjoy it. The humor is in the style of the comedy Bang Bang TV show humor, but much more accessible and less forced seeming, if that makes sense. Wait, I thought you never watched the. You don't like it. I thought you just never watched it. Oh, I've watched it. I, it's not that I don't like it. It's it's a little much for me. Ah. Like it's I never very. That. Have you seen it? Oh yeah, I love it. Oh okay. Yeah, so it's it's like that, but I think more accessible and. Uh, and we started watching the third season um, where he had, like, really cool guests, too, like Key and Peele and stuff. Um, and so how do you access this show? It's on Hulu. Oh, yeah. great. I'll watch that. Watch that shit on Hulu. It's probably on everything else. It's also on YouTube, so, you know, it's not like you can't get it for free if you need to. Um, I mean, it's, like, legally on Hulu. It's not. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would, I would recommend uh, No, You Shut Up. It's... You know, they talk about politics in a funny way. He has all these puppet characters who have different personalities, obviously. He gets the right wings and the left wings on there. And uh, Did you I, listen to the comedy Bang Bang where he talked about No You Shut Up recently? Probably. It was the episode, the episode that had the entire cast of Bajillion Dollar Properties. Yes, I did, yeah. I, I like how he, like they're doing plugs at the end, and Ackerman's like, well, don't you have something to plug? And, he's, and I think Paul Tompkins says no. He's like, well, how about No You Shut Up? Like, well, no one watches that show. I know. It's kind of sad because it's, uh, yeah, 
no, it's definitely worth watching. I would start with the third season, like we, and then we went back and started the first season, which is still good. But like, I don't think he had any guests on the first season, mm-hmm. um, at least just the first few that we watched. But I like, I definitely like the guest segments are really good. Um, oh, that's that's great. I'll have to, I'll definitely have to check that out. Yeah, he also did a new podcast as Andrew Lloyd Webber. Um, oh, the whole the whole episode was Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah, it's it's like his podcast. I don't know if he's starting a new podcast or if it was one off, but it had uh, it had Gino, the intern from Comedy Bang Bang, was his guest on it. Andrew Lloyd Webber. Good. I I I feel like these these podcasts that take the characters and do the the, the entire show with a character with no straight man aren't as good as the Comedy Bang Bang. There's I thought no Scott Ackerman to to lighten the like. The, I know what you mean. Dilute, dilute the character to make it funny. It was still funny. I mean, oh, you got two funny guys. Yeah, yeah, I'll check it out. For one episode, it's not going to kill you to listen, yeah. It will possibly kill me, but I'll well, do it anyway. you should do it, yeah. I think I will recommend Deadpool. I brought it up during the show, and not, it's only one. It's only earned $600 million. It should earn $600 million in one. Pat, one person who listens to me always concerned with really rich people earning more money yeah i i just can't think of anything else i've knew i've i've experienced this week so oh i did watch the the first episode of bajillion dollar properties on youtube and i would recommend that because it was hilarious oh was it i see i know i'm really i think i'm just gonna go for CISO. what the fuck why not yeah, I was thinking of the same thing it's only 399 yeah and that's one of the things on it and that was very funny but I mean, you can watch this, the first couple on YouTube to see if you like it. And it's it's it, CISO is not like Netflix where it's streaming. Well, it is streaming, but where it's been, you can binge watch. It's once a week things are coming out. Right. So which maybe is if you nice as thinking, well. What? Which is also nice. Like I like watching things weekly as well. So. Yeah, but I was thinking of signing up after a couple of weeks where there or I can actually binge watch a few at properties. least. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was it was funny. It has Paul Tompkins is the is is in it. He's not the star. And then there's a bunch of uh, mostly unknown, a couple I've seen before. So yeah, I would recommend that. You know who I want to get work is. Uh, remember, I forced you to watch that Yahoo show, the science fiction show. Yeah. The 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 woman that the captain or not. The, oh, actually, the the captain in that show was in Deadpool. Oh wait, Deadpool. you're talking about the woman he's in love with from the Verizon commercials. Yes, or AT and T or whatever the fuck it is. She is so funny, and even in the the ten seconds those commercials last, she's funny in that. She was funny in that space show. I just want to see her in an expanded. Apparently, she has a YouTube series that she did before she got famous that I want to watch because she is so funny. Yeah, I think she's doing all right, man. What, I, I don't commercial? think you need to worry about her, but I'm not worried. I just want to have her in like things that aren't 30 second commercials. I want her to be in, in a show like a bajillion dollar property show because she's so funny. Yeah, and she's I, also some kind of UN ambassador. So yeah, I think her name's like Mia Vanandopoulos or something. Yeah. I don't try to say it because it's very difficult to say, but she's super funny. I want her to be in something that is popular. Make right. it happen. Hollywood. Maybe she can be in the idea. We came up with earlier. The noir, uh, yeah, she could be the narrator. She she'd be right. like a David Duchovny on the Red Shoe Diaries. I wish no one would be compared to David Duchovny forever and ever. Amen. Hey, did you watch the new X Files? <laughs> I did watch it and I liked it, but I didn't get past the second episode. You know why? I I, I went I started my vacation after it started, and when I got back, all the episodes were deleted because it had filled up my TVR. Good one. 
Did you watch the whole thing? Yeah, I thought. Uh, I don't know. I, I thought there would be like some outrage online at the ending, but. Uh, I think people are expecting it to be a continuation. Yeah, probably so. I don't think if you're outraged at Chris Carter for writing something without an ending, you've not been alive for the past forty years. Yeah, that's true. Um, or even the past ten. Or even ever. Yeah, Genghis Khan even expected that. You've probably been living on the planet Burlabrupt for ever, and you're watching these over the air in your little hovel because that's such a poor planet that people don't deserve to live on. Stupid with planet. Latinous food and their beautiful beaches and their peace-loving utopian ways. Yeah, right, and yaks everywhere. Loving each other and never, ever getting into wars and not understanding what violence is. What a Go planet back. of dumb fucks. Jesus. Evolve. Come on. Devolve. Right. You've evolved enough. Uh, write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com. Rate us highly on iTunes. Like us on Facebook. And most importantly, tell your friends to listen. Even your frenemies. We don't care. Listeners, that's all we're going for. You don't have to like them. You know, we're not here to make friends. And uh, But we would like to make friends. So Pat, if you're interested in being our friend, please write to us at popculturecontinuum.com. Pat would like to make friends. Let's put that out there. Um, all right. Uh, next week, we're... You know, I don't know. We're going to probably do two... Record two episodes next week, so we'll see what it is. Might be a music one. Might be something else. But uh, who cares? Bob Mould versus Husker Okay, it's going to be Husker versus Bob Mould next episode. So until then, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.